A reading from John 17, 9-11. I pray for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. All I have is yours, and all you have is mine, and glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world. And I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. Well, Nathan, uh, I think that um, it's it's uh, really wonderful to be in the seventeenth uh, chapter of John because it's it's called I don't know if we talked about this yesterday, but it's called the High Priestly Prayer yeah. in the Catholic Church, anyway, mm-hmm. and. Uh, it's it's a very condensed kind of uh, Jesus is speaking and he's praying for his followers. And it says at the very beginning of the chapter in the lines we're talking about today, I prayed for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. Now, when I first read that, that was uh, discordant. I mean, it didn't Mm -hmm. conform with my sense of Christianity or what, uh, where my place was in it. uh, And, and what I believed. And there were a lot of things. I was a a very new Christian for a guy that was in his thirties. And, um, but over the years I have come to see that, uh, that Jesus is making an incredible uh, distinction here that we can't forget, and it's it's all over the uh, it's all over the letters of Paul. It's all over the Gospels. But the world, the fundamental understanding of the world, is it has trouble believing the Creator of the universe is God Himself and not something else. And humankind kind of fell into this trap of believing almost in any god. Baal was one of the most uh, important uh, at the time. And so he's making a distinction that the focus of our belief has to be in G- the Son, who has been sent into the world to save each one of us and every one of us from our sins. But for those who don't want to have anything to do with Jesus and anything to do with the condition of their own life, um, kind of they walk away from it. But the followers of Jesus uh, are have become they've gone through the they they haven't gone through the crucifixion, but they are they to the extent any human being can be a, a authentic follower of Jesus. Jesus was praying for them, praying for them in a a discordant and almost antagonistic world uh, that doesn't want to hear from them. And uh, it's an important prayer all the way through because it's giving them the the opening to the Holy Spirit that is going to help them at all times uh, when they face a world that is in opposition to uh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, this, this prayer is so meaningful. I- almost want to do like a long sermon series just on John 17. I think it'd be amazing. Yeah. It's really deep and rich and instructive. And even this thing that you've just pointed out where Jesus says, I'm not praying for the world right now. I'm praying for my followers, right? Like my people. And I think you used the word that felt discordant or something uh, 
when you first considered that, you know, earlier in John, he says, for God so loved the world mm-hmm. that he gave his one and only son. And here he's saying, okay, I'm not praying for the world. I'm just praying for those who have accepted me singularly as the savior. Uh, to me, there's just a lot of theology in that. Yes, the the uh, offering of Jesus to the world was for the whole world, right? Everybody, whoever lives, this is being offered, but not everyone's going to accept it, right? He's going to have his followers and he's going to have his detractors. And this prayer right here is for his followers. And this promise at the end of the reading today that they may be one as we are one, (laughs) talking within the membership of the Trinity, that my followers, that our followers, Father and Spirit, might be unified like we're unified, might be one as we are one. What an amazing promise. And also kind of how sad and tragic it is when we aren't unified as as his followers, when we divide ourselves over all these silly things because of what's being offered to us. When he prays for us that we might be one, that's something to strive for, something to aim for, unity in the body of Christ. Yeah, one last word here, and that is uh, in considering the world and, and the way uh, there's a little bit of a bifurcation here of mm-hmm. who Jesus is actually praying for. Uh, in a sense, though, he is praying for the world, because if you go back to the parable of the seeds, uh, I think it's in early Mark, so it might be in the second or third chapter. Uh, there's a lot of time spent on that parable, and and the seed is the Holy Spirit. And some, if it's uh, if it goes down in a rocky place, there's one outcome. If it goes back in a, a, a hot place where the sun is always baking, it's, it has another outcome. But then when it's planted in soil, it has an amazing outcome of growth. And mm. so yeah. the world is not one thing. The mm. world has dangers in it and it has beauty in it. Uh, so Jesus is talking to the world as created by God, mm-hmm. and he's talking about a world that needs to come back. And I think that's a process, and we're still in that process. Not everybody has come back, but I think that's the prayer.